Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. Oh, and away we go. And whenever. I'm good to go. Good. Hello again, and welcome to the Art and Business Community Theater, presented by the Monroe Community Players, and featuring your favorite group, the Green Room Groupies. Each episode, we discuss issues relevant to the operation of a successful theater and how to produce the highest quality shows for your audience. Sometimes we succeed, and we sometimes slip into other topics as well, the aka the tangent verse. So keep listening, and hopefully you'll understand. I'm your de facto host, David War, and uh, looking around the Green Room today, I see... Kathleen McBee. Ron Roberts. Brian Burchett Ross. Robert Yeoman. And once again, we're ready to dig in uh, to the topic of the day, but we're going to hold off for a moment because we have mail. <gasps> we have more mail? We had mail the last episode, Some if I remember. Fan mail from the flounder? Yes, two episodes in a row. Can you believe it? Flounder. I loved Animal House. Um, this oh, one comes from he died. Christopher McLeod. And I hope I'm saying your name, Christopher, uh, properly. Uh, but he's what he says: "Greetings, groupies." I was curious as if I was curious as to if your thoughts on elaborate sets was coming from a place of not usually having a big budget. While I agree that when putting on a show, it would it should be about the story, I don't necessarily agree that an elaborate set would take away from that if the actors are doing their jobs. Less can definitely be more, and there are pros and cons to both, depending on one's definition of elaborate, as well as the artistic level of a director is looking for. But it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I've only ever worked backstage for shows, and definitely agreed that someone should, could go overboard with sets, whether it just makes the stage too cluttered, or makes scene changes too long and awkward. But I would consider those scenarios few and far between. At least I would hope they are anyway. I should also add that I agree especially if there isn't much of a budget on a show itself, calls for less. That there is a different feel with a smaller set. When it's done correctly, it can have a powerful impact. I just don't think it has to be the rule. Thank you for your time. I'd love to hear your opinion, or at least for you to expand on your original position. One of your many listeners. And, of course, he says, it's, feel free to read email on the air. So, first of all, thank you, Christopher. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Not only for your letter, but for being one of those very valuable backstage people. Yes. yes. Um, Amen. You, you, sir, are what makes community theater work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and he yeah. is re- referencing podcast episode 41, which I think was about two episodes two, ago. A couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things, um, I think, yes, you hit the nail on the head. Um, our group, especially in the most recent years, we well, actually we have never had big budgets. Um, so, so I never really considered, but I, I suppose part of, part of our thinking could, could frankly be uh, clouded by that. The fact that we've always tried to do more with less. And that might be part of the reason why we keep so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. We have a lot of stuff. Um, but we're, we're getting better about not keeping the, the stuff. Um, however, I, I think to uh, the earlier point is uh, I think that sometimes directors get clouded by the idea of just having to have a full set. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that out of necessity uh, we have uh, tried to recognize that, that it's not always true. Yes, Bob. And one of the things that should come forward is you're doing a play you're not a television set you're not a movie set you don't have extreme close-ups of the gun in the hand 
a lot of the stuff that we use as hand props could just be acted as if we had uh, the gun in our hand or with I was had the honor of being Scrooge at our last Christmas carol and as far as it went with hand props it's like I don't literally need to have half coins in a bag I could literally just act like I have them but I was overruled, and we had these hand props all over the place. And some of the wonderful backstage people do a wonderful job, but get a little bit too wrapped up with, no, you had nine coins in it before. Where's the other two coins? <laughs> <laughs> they that's don't even true. need to be here. And and that's something to keep in mind, too. Keep, keep I, I, I'm a big believer in that KISS principle, you know, keep it simple, sweetheart. Uh, some say stupid, but sweetheart's a much friendlier term. It's Valentine's sweetheart. Day. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least it's close to Valentine's Day when we're recording this, probably not when you're listening to it. <laughs> Happy President's Day, though. <laughs> if I remember, there's a good white sale that day, or at least there used to be. Any, anyways. If I remember correctly, back to episode 41, uh, I do believe I was one of the people who was the uh, proponent of the lesser sets. So let me just uh, clarify or, or reiterate my point. And I think Dave also brought this up as well. Is that sometimes, in my opinion, I feel that we need to give our audiences a little more credit and give them an illusion, much like Bob had just said, an illusion of where we are. Um, we don't need to recreate reality. Uh, you know, uh, and I think the example always we use is nobody's couch is in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. It's always against a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, it's my belief that we need to give our audience a, a little more credit. In sets, yes, they, elaborate sets can work great. But also in my experience, I have seen elaborate sets to where it, then it, to me, it draws even more attention to what's happening in front of it. Yes. Because it doesn't match the acting. The sets look amazing, and the costuming looks amazing. But then, you know, somebody's not hitting those notes correctly, or somebody's not portraying the character as well as they could. And it almost, to me, that, that detracts from the overall piece of it, because it doesn't, things don't match. And if I can piggyback on that, and actually... Bring in a little of, I believe, our last episode we talked about the pitfalls and what's what directors, good directors, and community theater and all that do. I think those two can tie in well as well. If you have a director, especially a first-time director, who's more focused on this set has got to be beautiful, these costumes have got to be beautiful, well, what about your actors? I'm not worried about the actors. They'll do what they're going to do. You, you're, you're messing up there as well, you're I backwards. think. You're, you're very much backwards. And to tie into that, a lot of the times with groups I've gone to see them, you can tell that they put a lot of effort and wonderful talent in the dance routines. Beautiful voices singing beautiful songs beautifully. Acting, oh, yeah, we got a week for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think the other thing, too, is it, you've overdone your sets if it takes away from the pace to change. Mm-hmm. If you've made them so complicated and so extravagant that as you move from scene to scene, 
it takes too long. <laughs> yeah. You know, your audience starts to disengage. Which that I think is what he referenced Which, which well. is one of the things that yeah. Christopher yes. references as well. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's true. And, and, but to your point, Brian, and I think same, uh, actually to Christopher's point as well, the set should be an embellishment to the show. Exactly. Um, you know, you start with the actors. If the actors are doing their job, now how can you better help the actors um, because, because you know, again, to your point, Ron, um, everybody else, it's like, if you're going in saying, what a great set, you, you've missed the point. Yeah. yeah. Um, Not that it's wrong to say it, it was a beautiful set. Hadestown, yeah. bring back, uh, and I said it before, Hadestown had an amazing set to me. And as you referenced, it wasn't a full set, but it was more suggestive of what it was supposed to be. Still a gorgeous set with all the tricks in the trade, uh, you know, on Broadway. But in the end... I love that set, but I still went out and bought the Hades Town CD, and I, you know, those actors were perfect, and that was uh, that. It was an all experience. So you're right; it enhanced everything. Though, and uh, and I'll be honest, you know, um, someone out there's probably going to hate me. Probably the director of the show. Um, we did a production of My Fair Lady when I was first started with the group. Uh, gosh, almost 30 years ago now. We had a scene change because it was a beautiful set, singular piece. That was the idea was you just roll this Henry Higgins apartment on. It took 15 minutes to set that thing up. Oh, no. Yeah. So it just ruined any pacing. I was sitting there as the assistant director just going, what's taking so long? But every night it just took too long to put that set up. Um, which is where then I basically, when I got to direct, it's like scene changes got to happen fast. I don't care what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point that when we did Mary Poppins, unfortunately, we had a scene change that uh, setting up a bedroom was like, it's taking five minutes to do this. That's too long. Mm-hmm. So we stripped that set to bare bones to what we just needed to tell the story there, which was basically throw the bed in to make sure they know it's a, it's the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Um, because again, you couldn't set the pacing, especially for a modern audience. Um, in the old days, you could close the curtain, and the audience would sit there and wait for the scene to change. Right. I just don't think today's audience no. is willing to do that. No, 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 no. Um, and not to continue to, you know, the Mutual Admiration Society. Half of them don't want to wait for a download on their phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's why when we did Beauty and the Beast, everything was mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now you can have both, and I, 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 I always go back to Beauty and the Beast, but, you know, I've seen many productions of Beauty and the Beast in, in the community theater, but you know, I, to date, I think we're the first, only ones that rotated the darn balcony and the stained glass and the stained glass. But you know, we had our Beast walking through his castle and rotate it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we changed the scene with during the song without anyone in the audience really paying attention because they were focused on the, the our Beast who was doing a marvelous job with the song and the turning the balcony and everything which moved him from the interior to that outside so we could have the big stars behind him um, similar to the broadway show you now you could say the audience could go along with it as the sky opened up in front of him mm-hmm. as opposed to oh, here's the beast in his apartment singing it embellished and it added mm-hmm. to, to the to the sure. effect That's right. um so christopher we're with you it 100%, certainly can Chris. be can be awkward. Thank you for sending them in. Um, They're wonderful yep, questions. Send you the questions in. It's great. Um, but yeah, anyone who's focused on the set first, I, yeah, I'll come around and say you're focusing the wrong place on your show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think also we talked about directors last episode. But I think directors, you know, same thing. Be willing to make those hard decisions last minute. We know a lot of people 
um, worked hard on it, but you know, if, if your audience is not going to wait 10 minutes for you to change into this beautiful set, yeah. it's going to be lost on them. Now, I will go back with My Fair Lady, though. There was a moment that was absolutely stunning in that show that did have the proper effect, and that was for the ascot scene, the race. And again, this was a costume piece because we opened that curtain. Everybody's in black and white. The ladies had their heads down, so all you see were these beautiful hats that they were wearing. And that was the moment that when the curtain opened, the audience went, ooh. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you got them. And it took just a few minutes to get there because mm-hmm. the costume changes had already happened. You move the people in place quickly, and it worked beautifully. Actually, I think it opens up back, too, but I can't remember. Yes, it does. But, but, but it's still, when that opened up, that was the moment you wanted mm-hmm. because it set that tone immediately through costume. Mm-hmm. Here's, what, here's what you did. Um, you know, everyone went, ooh. Um, but they won't go ooh if they had. To, I don't care how beautiful the set is. They aren't going to go ooh if they have to wait ten minutes to see it. It'll yeah. be ooh. ooh. Oh, finally, yeah. Their first thought's going to be finally the curtain opened. Did yeah. you get jujubes? And in fact, when I direct, I'm a big proponent. You don't close that curtain. Mm-hmm. You know, if that curtain comes down, it's between acts, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. The old, I would agree the old days of okay, scene three, boom, you know, close the curtain. Um, yeah. Personally, that's a throwback to the vaudeville days where, okay, the act is done, close the curtain, sit mm-hmm. up and go. Well, and the reality is, you know, theater used to be a different thing. Um, yeah. you know, well, we, on doing things in front of the curtain when something's going on. In the we've back we've certainly done that a yeah. lot. I mean, the placard woman. Yep. That's why everybody should have a black shirt and black pants in their repertoire. Yep. Or a skimpy outfit. Not necessarily. That's not the tangent we're going to go into today. (laughs) Notice I did not say that this time. (laughs) That's very true. So thank you again, Christopher, for your letter. We appreciate what you're doing for your theater. Thanks, Chris. Um, Wish you had mentioned your theater because we'd love to give them a shout out. So Mm -hmm. if you feel like uh, writing us back, let us know where you're from. That's great. Um, We love to know where our readers are, where our listeners are from. Um, um, We're aware that we do have many listeners um even though you know so this brings brings up to what seven we think (laughs) verified i'm kidding 12 Um, yeah we got an even dozen now we know and and, but we're always impressed how how far these podcasts go and and are very appreciative of you one more we get a big everyone else (laughs) no we're kidding (laughs) we we get hundreds of downloads (laughs) not thousands yet though you know thousands but we are Um, but they're all from the legal department of disney That's why we refer him to Ron, and we just walk away. <laughs> but thank you. And anyone else who wants to send an email in, have it read uh, on the podcast, um, MCP Podcast, all one word, at MonroeCommunityPlayers.org. Please. Um, we'll repeat that at the end of the episode if you didn't catch it. Hey, um, in other news that's been going on behind the scenes, um, you've heard us uh, refer to a potential Broadway trip on occasion as an aspirational goal. Well, one of our regular green room groupies, Carol, has taken it upon herself to investigate this. Ooh. So we are aiming possibly as soon as September of 2023. That's this year, folks. Oh, I can't do September. Oh. Well, we'll have to figure that out. I don't like New York anyway. So. Oh, right. <laughs> what a lie. Um, but but we are, we're, we're looking into it, um, so hopefully we can arrange some a weekend trip. Um, and that you'd have the opportunity to join the groupies on the road, um, if not all of us, at least a couple of us, and uh, see three or four Broadway shows, um, stay in a 
posh New York hotel with uh, twelve. With all by, the you know, you can I'm imagine. staying at the Y. <laughs> if I'm seeing three or four shows, I'm staying at the Y. <laughs> well, and my memory of New York hotels is <laughs> very small. They are small. Uh, the rooms, this is the, the deluxe suite small. that we're staying. Although I will say this, we could have um, my husband, who is excellent finding really nice airbnbs we found some uh we found one when we took all of uh david a lot of david's family he's got a large uh, mm-hmm. family and we went for thanksgiving once and uh we got an airbnb of an entire house in uh, brooklyn that had three stories and eight bedrooms and i mean it really worked out well for us so that's an idea too and wouldn't, wouldn't the neighborhood be pleased to see a bus of 40 people show up <laughs> <laughs> We're all Welcome missing Hakuna Matata. <laughs> um, but so stay tuned for that. And thank you so much, Carol. We'll be staying in the Bronx. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exciting. For where are you? Um, and we've been busy seeing shows in the meantime, too, mm. as well. And Kathleen is here again today. And she is going to review for us a production by the Players Guild of Dearborn. Sister Act, which yeah. seems to be a popular musical right now, one that I'd love to see myself, but did not have an opportunity to get up there because, you know, I was on stage or something. <laughs> and it was a sold-out run. It so that was. was exciting for them. They did nice. three weekends and sold out all three weekends. So if you have any thoughts of doing this show, uh, it looks like it's very popular. I was just familiar with the movie. I'd never seen the show, so I wasn't familiar with all the songs. Uh, but it was uh, a big cast. I would say if you're looking at doing, thinking about this for your community theater, uh, costumes. The costumes were absolutely phenomenal. I was just blown away, and they got more extravagant with each number. Even the Monsignor's costume got glittery and and more flamboyant. Um, So uh, I would say that was a big part of the energy that this show brought. So, But all in all, it was a, a great show enjoyed it and um the just for you community theater people this just blew me away the 50 50 the payout the 50 percent 360 dollars for the show i was at so and one of the ushers that i met at the beginning 80 year old woman who was just just a delight violet i'm calling out to you you were awesome she won it and donated it back so uh, was, that's class. Yeah, that's class. That's something I would so not have done. When you're wondering what kind of budgets we're talking about, 360 bucks sounds like big money to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have, that's like half a seat in Broadway show. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple questions for you. Sure. Could a community theater do this show if they do not have the budget for big costumes? Could it still be pulled off? I think it could, depending on the talent. Okay. Um, and the energy in the choreograph, you know, because there's a lot of big music numbers mm-hmm. and that those could really drag. They're long right. if you don't have something really interesting to look at. And what about, um, and what about the music? Cause I've never listened to the music of, of the musical sister act. Uh, did, I mean, are they, are they songs that you did? Did you walk out humming any tunes or thinking about any particular song that stuck with you? I would have to say no. Oh, um, okay. I, I felt like you felt, I felt, because it was a movie first and became a musical, the songs were written for the characters. Each one had their own little song. To me, it felt a little more forced. Yeah. Not that the performances weren't good, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a song that really just 
I was whistling on the way out. Which is interesting. I, I see that Alan Menken was the music uh, wrote the music, and of course he's no stranger. No, um, but that is exactly how I felt with Tootsie. Mm-hmm. Now, and so let me let me ask you a follow this follow up question. Could that show have worked just as well if you eliminated the music and just told the story as a comedy, as a straight comedy or a straight whatever? I think some of the music could have been cut out and it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I felt about Tootsie. It's like, yeah, you you already had a good show to begin with. You didn't really need to throw in a lot of that music. Just tell the Tootsie story and you you got it. Yeah. You had a great story. You had great actors. Um, The lady that played the, the mother, the head sister or whatever, she actually broke her foot. Oh, backstage oh, yeah. oh, during yeah. our performance and you couldn't tell we didn't know until afterwards when we were talking she was to carrying it out with her during <laughs> no. the curtain call but yeah i'm not familiar with the musical also was it a jukebox music as far as a top 40 soundtrack no Mm-mm. these were original songs yes okay yeah yeah, I, was, I, mean, I was wondering that too. Did they use any of what they used in the sister? Did they use any of that Motown or any of that? They stuff? did. They, they did, did use, use the songs from the movie, but then the individual character songs were all you could tell nice written okay. for those characters. So yeah. they did the "I Will Follow You" and all that. Because that's what if I'm spending four hundred dollars, I want something that I've heard before that I'm familiar with it. So I'm not going to go in and get Hamilton by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I know what you're saying. I agree. Um, I, I agree. And that's part of my problem with Tootsie 2 was I went in that expecting at least the theme song from Tootsie. Or they, they had two or three hits that came off of that soundtrack of the movie. And I thought, is it really going to cost you that much? Because you all spend so much on musicals for Broadway anyway. Why didn't you get the rights to... You know, at least one or two of these um, songs, so we knew something. Now, the bad part about that also is that, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. You end up going into a musical like um, uh, An Officer and a Gentleman. Say it. Where even the one song you want to hear, by the time you get to it, it's like, dear God, just shut it down. Just end this. Just end this whole thing. So, but, um, well, that's good. So, And and, uh, did you know anybody that was in it? I did. I did. Well, of oh, course. really? Bill McCluskey. Bill was in it. Uh, that name sounds <laughs> yeah, vaguely yeah, familiar. Yeah. Tall, tall guy. He's got really big feet. Got big. Yes, I know. I've heard that he has big feet. I have. That's what <laughs> we happens are all when Elder. Going to hell. <laughs> That's what happens when El De facto has to take a phone call in the middle. <laughs> the, the kids take over. Um, you know, one thing from oh every hi. time uh, from looking at the uh, the program here. I just want to give a shout out again to uh, the Players Guild of Dearborn that their uh, what's the word I'm looking for infrastructure is just amazing. Really, the infrastructure and volunteers that they have. Um, this is something that you know I, I have been fortunate enough to see a couple shows up there, and I will say that they do a phenomenal job with everything they do. And all you have to do is look at their production staff and see why. Um, it's that that's amazing to me how many different people that are listed here whereas Mista ours where there's three um (laughs) it's uh uh, very very well done so yeah that's awesome i I would say kudos to calling everybody out i mean you Mm -hmm. don't know in what capacity all these people worked in it might have been a small bit or it might have been a big part but mentioning these people putting their recognizing all the contributions that everybody made i think goes a long way 
Definitely, definitely, because there's one thing to make sure that everybody is included, everybody is thanked, Mm -hmm. everybody is so, so necessary for everything. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. And that's one thing I I try to remember to do as a director is to thank absolutely everyone that has, and and sincerely mean it, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because... You know, and even that, the person, even person selling the water up front is just as important as that lame actor that's getting all the applause. <laughs> yeah, everybody has to come together. So, yeah. When I, as I always say, you know, when that spotlight's shining on that actor, there has to be somebody behind that spotlight. Yes. Doesn't get there. So it's Absolutely. the whole package. Yep. But on that note, my next little show is I'm going to see Jagged Little Pill. Ooh. Isn't that ironic? Oh. Don't you think? What? Wasn't that was the that, soundtrack of my 1995 right there. <laughs> uh, ironic? Yeah. yeah. So talk about a soundtrack already. So yeah. I'm really yeah. excited. That's uh, February 22nd. So Nice. Yeah. Now where's that at? Uh, the Fisher. Okay. okay. So it's a touring company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Ooh, can't wait to hear about that one. Yeah. Love Excellent. a lot of more stuff. Yeah, I do too. I had to actually break out my cassette so I could listen to it in my car because nothing else in the house plays it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed you have a cassette player still in your car. I have a 1998 Buick. Oh, I had a 98 Buick LeSabre for a long time. Oh, God, I love that car. Um, For the next next episode, I'll be seeing Bright Star um, down at Perrysburg Musical Theater. Oh. Oh. Dylan Sickles, who was our Gilligan once upon a time and has done things with us with The Tempest and other shows, is, is in it. So I thought, go support a former Monroe Community Players actor as well as see another show that I'm not familiar with. Very nice. And that's this coming weekend? That's this coming weekend. Awesome. Don't you have rehearsal for something? This weekend? <laughs> I don't no, know. I've no, got, that, no, no. That okay. I have a rehearsal Monday. <laughs> I Monday? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I wouldn't have you people well, are rehearsing anyone. Who anymore. came up with that? <laughs> I just. Anyways. No, that's, that's why right. I haven't. Shout that's out why to I, Dylan. He's very just, talented. That's, that's yes, a nice interesting. guy. He is. So so we got a couple more show uh, more show reviews coming up. Than, um, and we could, we do, a, we could do a small road trip. I know we talked in the last episode about uh, um, we should all go to see the, the play that's that goes wrong together. Yeah. I think that'd be if a nice If we can make that work. If we can make it May. If we're going to do that, it has to be pretty soon because that will sell out. Yeah, it probably will. Yeah. Well, uh, they and Croswell um, does a nice job, frankly, of selling their season tickets. I, oh, I yeah. saw on their social media today. They've already sold 200 in the first five hours. They, well, they especially were it's going to sell out with us promoting it. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Well, I mean, <laughs> by the time this airs, or airs, what do we call it? By the time this drops. By the time it drops. Uh, uh, they will. Uh, us in the biz, call it. They'll, they'll have made their. Uh, figured out what they were uh, uh they'll they'll we'll know if it's sold out or not so mm-hmm. but no i i like the idea of seeing something as a group and something i should mention too is in previous shows we've talked about act fest um unfortunately uh this year uh act fest will look a little different in michigan because mm-hmm. a lot of groups apparently are still trying to recover from covid like like players is and just we just couldn't get enough people so the groups that are participating, um, which are in Holland, I believe, and um, shoot, I'm seeing it. I see their playhouse in front of me, uh, Tawas Bay, I think. I'll have to double check, um, so don't take me. But they, uh, the adjudicators will go to those groups um, to do the judging in their home theaters. 
Wow. So that's a little different. We have, we in Monroe had looked into it, but unfortunately we were not able to secure the rights of the show that we wanted to do. And yes, everyone's kicking themselves now. Some's now it's like, oh, what an opportunity to win. Yeah. Um, and nothing against our other our, our fellow theaters, but you know. <laughs> yeah, we could yeah. we could have come in third too. Hey, listen, we got standing <laughs> ovations every night for that. Uh, they were so they were so tired of sitting there. They jumped right up, going, "Oh my yeah. god, got my butt's asleep." <laughs> so so hopefully in in, uh, in the next cycle in twenty five, we'll be back to full strength with ten groups or more participating. Um, but but if you're looking for information on ActFest, uh, that's why you're not seeing it. Um, but yeah. go go look through the community theater website. And Community Theater Association of Michigan, ctm.online, I think. So they are still going to have the competition? It will be a competition, but it will be in the home theaters as opposed to meeting in a So you get a 50-50 chance. At this point, yep. (laughs) Winner or runner-up? Yeah, the winner goes on to Wisconsin. That's where the regional is held this year. And the national is in Louisville, Kentucky. Hello, Wisconsin! (laughs) I've always wanted to say that. But the national is in Louisville, Kentucky. So that, frankly, is something we should keep an eye out if anybody has a... Um, the national is always a good time as well. Where's the national at, you said? Louisville, Kentucky. Ooh, that's Within real, driving distance. That's real close to the Maker's Mark uh, company. Yes, I could go to my to, bourbon It's close tour. to bourbon, bourbon country. Yeah. Mm. Let's go, guys. Let's okay. go. Okay. Let me know how the show, the show goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. You are not taking the barrel home this time. <laughs> Yeah. So, right. so that that that's a little it, like say sad news. Good luck to the groups that are participating, though. Thank you for keeping ActFest going, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure you both have fabulous shows. Um, but you would have gone down. <laughs> <laughs> I, in, our, in our humble I opinion, kid, I kid in a uh, yeah. I kid in a, uh, a friendly camaraderie sort of way. Yes. Um, but that but that's um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, there we are. There we so, are. We, all this and we still haven't even got to the topic of the day no we haven't so we have a topic today we have wow. a topic um say robert so, blanchard had contacted us and said, said hey you might be interested in this because we we've talked about accessibility in the theater several times i know i shouldn't say everything in one breath we have talked about sensor we have talked about accessibility in the theater many times but he thinks he's wondering if we ever talked about sensory friendly performances and I bet you there's a lot of groups out there doing that that we're not aware of. And these are essentially performances that are presented. Um, and I, I, I stole this from the American Repertory Theater, by the way, um, who I think operate out of Harvard, um, based on the website. But the Sensory Friendly Performance is a theater production that welcomes individuals with sensory needs. So this usually includes people on the autism spectrum. But... Also, first-time theater goers with young children. Oh. Mm. So it's a way to introduce children without necessarily putting them in a dark, scary room. Uh, the show is modified to allow for patron movement. Staff and the actors are trained to accommodate patron needs, and all the patrons are welcome to experience theater in a safe, non-judgmental environmental. So things that they do is the house lights only go to dim. Mm-hmm. You know, they do not go completely off. Uh, the intensity of lighting and sound effects are reduced, so yeah. so the stage is not as bright. A staffed quiet area is available for children who need to take a break from the show. They will have a relaxed, inclusive atmosphere where patrons can feel comfortable during the performance to enter and exit as they need with the assistance of ushers. Trained volunteers on hand to, to kind of keep help, help with everybody. Tablets and smartphones will be permitted to help nonverbal audience members communicate and adjustments made to the script and acting to maximize comprehension of the story. Um, 
So this is another way to make your theater accessible uh, for people. And as, as I believe, unfortunately, fortunately, there, maybe it's there's a greater awareness of the autism spectrum. I, I know that for sure. I don't know if autism per se is on the rise. But part of what excited me about this, looking at it, was it just, I never thought about, hey, theater, going to the theater for the first time could be scary for young children. Yeah, yeah. Especially gunshots or anything like that. I mean, so yeah, um, picking the right script. You know, even when we're talking about shows specifically designed for children, like I say, we're going in, lights are suddenly going off. Um, some kids, you know, you, you should probably need to prepare your children regardless mm-hmm. um, for what they might be seeing, how it's going to work. Um, I know with the Croswell when they did it with um, when they did uh, how I became a pirate. The lights went down, dim, and in the course of the show, there were beach balls that were bounced around the theater. Mm. And there was a special one for the back of the room or wherever they were. They tried to make sure that everybody was included in the fun. But they everything, our microphones were turned down a little bit. And it was, it was a peaceful performance. Hmm. When you think, even if I like think back to like, uh, advertisements for Sesame Street Live. It looked like the house would still be lit. The kids felt free to get up and yeah. dance. I mean, that's a totally different yeah. feel than yeah. what we Definitely. usually have in a theater. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's usually because you know when we think of theater, traditionally we think of a darkened room with the lights just on the stage area. I had a tangiverse question off of this, and I know it was going to okay. take us in a different direction, but something you said... Um, you know, preparing the the kids for their first theater experience, especially if there's... Who here had a theater experience as a kid before they were on stage? Because then... Uh, you didn't? And you did? Because honestly, I was on... I My very first time I was ever... I ever experienced theater was on stage, not... I, I didn't go see theater until I was in seventh, eighth, seventh grade. And I had already done two shows with a small group. Uh, you know, it was a kid's show and all that. But I was on stage before I saw what a stage show was. So I was just curious. I'm going to back up, and, and Bob and I raised our hands, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. This was this we did not that, a visual Not a visual platform. medium. Yeah. Um, uh, I was, I, I'm going to change that because I was performing little plays in the backyard. Um, bef- so technically I was on stage. We wrote the Three Billy Goats Gruff, and I yeah. led the neighborhood kids through a, uh, I was a director even then, <laughs> and a playwright. I uh, led the, the neighborhood kids do a little show that we did for yeah. the parents and stuff and things like that. And that's that what we did, the, the Boy Scouts, the Cub Scouts, and I was King, King Arthur, and I dubbed Lancelot, and he left with both ears. And I know both of us were also in little skits that were held in our class. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Uh, See, and that's Mission it. unbearable. But yeah, I remember <laughs> That, and that was with me, too. I mean, our sixth grade in our elementary had uh, two shows a year that the fifth and sixth graders would put on for the parents and for the other kids. And I was in both of those, and I played the wizard, I remember, in my very the very last one. So, And I didn't see uh, a theater show until the end of my seventh grade year when uh, four of us went with one of our teachers, took us to see R- Richard Harris in uh, Camelot. So I didn't, I experienced it first from the wrong not the wrong end but the the other end yeah and so maybe that's true because there certainly were church pageants as well sure um oh, yeah. but i remember my first actual performance 
or not perform non-performance scene. It was a good man, Charlie Brown, put on by our high school class. Mm-hmm. They they came in and did it for the elementary schools, and I remember being so excited about that that I felt I dragged my parents to it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So we went to see the whole show, um, and you know that's where I fell in love with the idea of theater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though obviously the something was sparking in me before then. Oh sure, sure. And my our our hearth back at at my house was a stage. Mm. From third grade on, we were performing all the time. So mm. I, I have a similar experience to Dave. And I went and saw Little Mary Sunshine in grade school. Oh my goodness! They, yeah, they did that one. They had the swings. The girls were swinging in the pretty dresses at St. Mary's Academy Auditorium. And I drugged my parents. And I think that was. You, you know, drugged your parents and then you took them? <laughs> <laughs> I drugged them to that show. I'm like, you got to go see that show. But um, like David said, but I think that's, you know, those people that are in the audience that look up there and go, that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. You, you, you get paid you for know this? those people mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, have that, or you have the other people and they're like, um, no way on God's green earth am I getting up there. Right. You know, right. One or the other. You, no, you know which side you fall on. One of my clearest memories is when the, that cast from uh, Charlie Brown came. You know, suddenly, the whistles blowing and Snoopy's leading a parade into the theater. That was like that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to tangent verse off, but uh, you you asked when you said that. I thought, well, how many peanuts? Of your, uh, it's difficult to say what impact peanuts had on society. The little booklet that they sold for two fifty or whatever it was much basically sixteen little illustration of. Happiness is. Mm-hmm. I remember and at those. the end of it, it was a blank one. You write your own. Happiness is. And Snoopy was vanguard of the Apollo missions. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles Schultz kept uh, abreast of the times when his kids went into hockey, play hockey. Snoopy played hockey and <laughs> Woodstock played hockey. So whatever the little girl, his niece, his niece or uh, daughter was involved with, that's what Snoopy did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really made an impact uh, on a lot of people. Yeah, well, and you're preaching to the choir here because I have the complete collection of all those peanut strips at home um, from Scholastic. No, this is the the nice bound collection that goes all the way from the oh, first you got strip the all the way to the last. Yeah, yeah, it takes strips. up two shelves in my my, uh, my library. I, I had those. Would you get your weekly readers and yes. you get your yeah. and you could order any books. And I orders ordered the Hardy Boys and then Peanuts. Uh, Hardy Boys and Peanuts. Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Brown, Brown. Mm-hmm. That was and Harriet the Spy. How are we doing on our topic? There's, are we there's a you? Re- I say no. Do we need to stretch? <laughs> we've, we've gone completely into another podcast. <laughs> I didn't mean to go into the, another. Yeah, we another just chance pops into the. But no. But to go back to that whole idea of introducing children to theater, yeah. um, and and to a degree, you know, I I would say children are. I think children are in general pretty resilient, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there are groups that have different needs, um, and let's and it say it doesn't cost you anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you're able to do it, I think it may be the way to go for a lot of these these groups. Um, because because everybody, I think what we're talking about here is the power of theater. It takes on you take you get it you get the bug early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everybody should be able to enjoy theater at some level. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you, you can accommodate, you should accommodate. Well, for... In fact, going a little different tangent verse, but still theater related. I was at the dentist's office the other day. 
Uh oh, this ain't good. Well, no, I'm interested to good. see where this is going yeah. though. Okay. <laughs> There's a gentleman sitting there, also waiting for to see the dentist, and we had the usual pleasantries about. He initiated the conversation because I never do in public. Um, yeah. But but he said, you know, talk about the weather and things like that. And you know, rural community, ultimately, we talk about, you know, it's not good for the winter wheat crop. We don't have snow. But somehow, theater came up. Hmm. Um, <laughs> it was the moment when Dave goes, did you know I played Daddy Warbucks twice? <laughs> It may you be. Know, you look familiar maybe. to me. Um, but we had mentioned about, you know, um, I think it was about, he was talking about downtown, um, the, the little town we were in. He said how it's dying and that's sad. And, and that the neighboring community of Adrian seemed to do well. And I happened to mention this. Well, of course, it doesn't hurt that the Croswell is doing so well. And of course, Croswell gets a mention on this, on this show every time. Um, but but just the, so good. <laughs> Uh, but the he said yeah and he says i just love going to theater and you know so this is just the stereotypical farmer here and he says you know but i got friends and they just say i'm not going to go pay money to go sit in the theater when i can watch some stay home watching the tv he said they just don't get it yeah. mm-hmm. yep. and i'm sitting thinking buddy You've just explained the power of live theater. Mm -hmm. You know, here's a gentleman who know who's seen live theater and he understands and he's an audience member. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't ask. So how many shows you've been in? And I I didn't say, by the way, (laughs) I did play Danny Warbucks. I've gotten those words. (laughs) I Um, may not have been, but, but I, but I, I said, you know, I agreed with him. Mm -hmm. Right. They, you know, there's nothing like live theater. Um, And then of course, then it was off to get my cavity filled. Um, but 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 to me, that right there, my tooth cavity. <laughs> you all know I'm looking at Brian. <laughs> and you all know why. Let's yeah. simmer down now. Simmer down. Let's bring it back. Um, bring it back. Giggity, bring it back. But, yeah. but, but, you know, I'm... I'm Quagmire. Uh, um, you know, it was just really, it's like, I, I felt good. Rest of day because there it is. That's why we do theater, folks. When yep. we say the love of theater, yep, right there. Yep. Um, this gentleman, you know, middle of rural America. I say middle of rural America, just outside one of the largest metropolitan areas in America. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, he, you know, we're talking about winter wheat, and and he's talking about how theater, theater. improves, well, you know, makes they, his life better. When TV tries to do something live, uh, it's not the same as being there. Christopher Walken, yeah. Peter Pan, Captain Hook, why? <laughs> well, and part of it's because they keep trying to do a live performance like a... Like a TV show. A TV show. Because you have the close-ups. The thing about when you go see a theater, you're looking at what you want to look at. Mm-hmm. You can look at this person sitting over here on the on the side. You can see this reaction, that reaction. You're taking it all in. When you're watching something on television, it's dictating to you what you should be looking at. Mm-hmm. Look at her. Okay, it's now the song, so the guy's over here. Move right. everything over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even some of the best ones. I'm sorry, I didn't mean keep going. No, no, just go ahead. I, even some of the best. I, I do think that I've seen some good. First of all, I have issues with, uh, I think, some of them where they they don't really show it as as you said a theater experience 
but I have seen a few. I remember I had a VHS tape of the actual Broadway show of Pippin with Ben Vereen yes. and William Catt, and uh, I enjoyed it, I, and, I, and I cherished it for years until, you know, VCRs went the way of the dinosaur. It's available. But is it available on disc? It's available on YouTube. Oh, well, then I have to check that out one of these days. But even oh. that, looking at it now... It's the format. It, it's it's like, yeah, but you still don't... When I got to see it, I didn't see it with those actors, but when I got to see Pippin finally on stage, yeah, you'll never get that same experience, no matter how much you loved, uh, even if it's a good video production of a Hamilton just recently. I liked, I know we, we all have different issues with that. I liked what Disney did and I fell in love with Hamilton because of it. But when I finally went and saw it this last year, the Stranahan, it was like, whoa, this is so much better. And it's because it's live theater. You can't experience anything like it. Right. And, and I, I really think it is partly because you can make that human connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you when you're, you're looking at a screen, you just don't have that same shared connection because live theater, it's not just a shared connection amongst the audience. You're sharing that connection with the, the cast. Mm-hmm. Look how many movies of Les Mis. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's uh, not, not the same. Experience. The same. No. No. And, and you go to the movies, you're still at least having that communal experience with an audience, but there's no reaction from the, the uh, other side. It's like you know, what, the actors are... West Side Story. Beautiful mm-hmm. music, beautiful everything. Fell flat as a doornail once it hit the box office. First one or second one? Second, second one. Second one. The Disney. Yeah. 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 Although I did like well, it. Well, they, they did. But. They flipped some of the songs. Yeah. It wasn't even, I'm like, whoa, wait a second. That doesn't go there. The Rita Moreno, yeah. the Rita yeah. Moreno song? Yes. I liked it. But I liked it because was, it was a twist. Well, it, it didn't make sense to what the original story was. And they basically said, here, you 97-year-old woman who, who we worship because you won an Oscar the first time around and deserved it, we're going to give you something special because we know you're on your way up. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, I don't mean to be crass about it, but that's basically what they did. <laughs> Ron's like, no, sure you don't. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I liked it, but I'm sentimental that way. So I was like, yeah. no, it didn't fit. It didn't fit at all. I totally agree with that. It made no sense. Love you, Rita. <laughs> Love Rita. If you're listening. And, and just to point out, yeah, if you're listening, we're the Disney lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it actually was a Fox production first. Then they bought Fox, and and it turned it into a, that. But it was Spielberg. Yeah, um, he was the behind it. Uh, Sondheim cashed the check before he left. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you know. It's a business, showbiz. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So good, interesting discussion. Yeah. Uh, but like I say, we, uh, so we all agree. I think we all agree that sensory. Se- sense, I think we agree that sensory friendly shows are something you might want to put into your repertoire if you have not done so already. We think about be. how to make it accessible to more yeah. people. And, and when they do this, of course, it's usually one show out of a run of shows. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so you're not doing every show that way, but it's like here's the show we're doing for. For this particular audience right the three the what i remember was that the three daytime matinee audiences two of those were regular and the third was the sensory sensitive i have a question about that then you would have to would, wouldn't you wouldn't you have to really train i don't know if train's the right word wouldn't you have to make sure your actors yes Yes. Okay. We had four teachers in the cast. Yeah. And then so, two of them dealt with them on a daily basis. Because if the actors haven't dealt with children with, you know, um, 
their, those situations. Well, what occurred to me is the situation that Bob, I think, talked about before with Ron when he played oh, Winnie yeah. the Pooh. Oh, yeah. The child came up and hugged him in the middle of the show. Episode 14. You know, every, every, it's always episode 14. <laughs> um, every, you know, everyone needs to be trained. It's like, what do you do when that happens? So this is not emergency preparedness. It's just, in the sense it is, yeah. but it's more about, okay, what do we do if the audience reacts in a certain way? Um, again, people being unpredictable, and that audience may be even more so. And it might, might not necessarily be children. I mean, we have a... That's you know, true. It can be adults. Certainly. Yeah, very that, much so. That enjoy, you know, opening this experience up for them. Yeah. But but if our mission is to spread theater, mm-hmm. you know, here's a group that probably needs theater as much as anybody. And also, it's mm-hmm. a judgment call for the director and for the group as far as, is this appropriate with this show? Right. Yeah. Because just rubber stamping, no, you've got to well, have one. And interesting enough, the one that uh, the show that Robert brought forward was Disney's Lion King. Mm. Um, he, he, that's what he showed up from a TikTok on their, their sensory-friendly uh, production. Um, you know, Lion King, of course, is all ages. Yeah. Um, mm. So that certainly makes sense. God, but, I love you know, Lion King. Well, well, I'm just thinking Lion King is... They never huge in terms back. of special effects. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was say, They'll never call you, back. How do you... Up. They'll ne- well, what? <laughs> They'll never call back. I know. <laughs> I just want to be Scar once. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> get a sniff without me. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare for the... I just want to say, Mufasa! Yes. Mufasa! <laughs> and That's just, the hyena. And you just did. Once again, there we've go, made Brian. a dream come true. Thank you. <laughs> I want to thank my family. lawyers tell you where you are anytime you use our name we will sue you today has been brought to you (laughs) (laughs) and with that folks good topic Dave I I hope we enjoyed the topic but it does look like we're out of time for this episode and you know that's totally arbitrary on my part When the nuts I just, have got just nutty. feel it's like okay, here we've gone a little too far. Um, but I would like to thank each and every one of you out there for listening. We do appreciate your support, and not only that you give us, but that you give to keeping theater alive in your communities and everything that you do. Uh, we also appreciate feedback and conversation from you. So be sure to visit our Facebook page for more fun. Just look for Monroe Community Players Podcast. Um, emails may be sent to mcp podcast that's m as in monroe c as in community p as in players podcast at monroe community players.org and keep up the keep up with the latest shows and activities of the monroe community players at www.monroecommunityplayers.org we generally release about two episodes a month so if you don't see a new episode every week don't panic we will be back please take a moment of course when you're listening to subscribe to like otherwise rate us and help spread the word that we are here the art and business of community theater is presented by the monroe community players if you haven't picked up on that already and recorded at the monroe public access podcast studio high atop the benish building in historic and beautiful downtown monroe michigan for the love of theater we are the groupies and we will see you in the green room what did i have a question for the episode ron of course i had a question for the episode i didn't write it down um (laughs) do you i don't have to edit it in so so, no you don't have to edit in because we still have it here have you tried sensory friendly productions and how successful were they let us know let us know yes absolutely 
That's it. You can turn the recording off. <laughs> n- n- now? That's a wrap. No, no, now. Newman? Newman.